0: Patreon.com slash Uh, $4 a month gets you in there.
1: Baseball, Blue Jays, and more baseball. It's The Walk-Off with Scott Belford and Adam Mack. This ball is crushed. The Die Hard Podcast for the casual fan. Wire. And another one. The walk-off bump continues to roll, buddy. Hagin Danner, Haggy D, friend of the show. He's been on the cast three different times now. Just announced yesterday, Johnny Sources, Johnny G of Gate 14, going 4-0 with his uh, his inside knowledge of that Buffalo Bisons clubhouse and who's coming up and who's going down. But uh, yeah, Hagen Danner joining the Toronto Blue Jays this weekend. For the Jose Batista celebrations and uh, pitching out of the bullpen. Man, I'm so excited for this kid.
0: Oh, I'm I'm pumped.
1: Yeah. I I spent
0: all morning having coffee with my dad, just rehashing everything, every reason I'm excited about Hag and Danner. So this will be a fun one.
1: So big arm on the kid. Going to touch around 98 miles an hour, is where he kind of sits. He's very Jordan Romano in that you will see. Some triple digits out of him, but it's not his MO. It's not, he's not Jordan Hicks, right? He's not going to be regularly throwing 101, but he's got a pretty nasty slider in his slash change up. He does, you know, it's like I think calling it a slurve, everyone has a slurve these days. (laughs) Uh, But he's been hitting his spots with it, which is really what has sent him up the ranks and uh, give him the nod to get the call up here. Like, Haggy D, everyone, he's one of those guys in the in the organization who has been in the org for, like, seven years now and really had to work to get to this point. He's 24 years old, turning 25 in the offseason. Started in the, started as a catcher. Catcher, yeah. And it was funny, but, it, like, we've had him on the, the show three times now, and the very first time we had him on, we kind of had the story of how he switched from catcher to hitter. And it's really cool that the Blue Jays player development system allowed him to switch positions like he mm-hmm. did. you know. And, and I know when Adam, I think it was even you that brought it up, you're like, what was it that made you switch from catching to pitching? And he was like, I can't hit, and I throw 100. <laughs> so they were okay with me trying.
0: <laughs> yeah, Yeah, that'll do it. Uh, his numbers so, look good in Buffalo this year. Uh twenty-three games uh has gotten him twenty-eight innings. Good for a whip of zero nine five three uh on the back of eleven point one strikeouts per nine. That'll do. And that'll play
1: two
0: point two walks per nine. So when you've got a nice low walks per nine and a high strikeout rate, uh yeah, you'll get the call up.
1: I know I know we sat down with Spencer Horowitz literally days before he got the call up and then managed to get that out there. So everyone got to get to know Spencer as he joined the Blue Jays. Same thing happened with Davis Schneider, which is very cool. He had a heck of a weekend debuting in Boston. No word as to who is being sent down yet for Haggy to get the call up here. So you'll probably know by the time this episode is out, it'll already be released. Just seems to be the way it works. But uh we sat down with Haggy... February uh, Our most recent, Yeah, our most recent time was, was uh, about six months ago. So, we're going to re-release it so you get to learn a little bit about Haggy D. Know who this uh, newest member of the Blue Jay is. That's going to be on our YouTube page. Uh, again, if you haven't watched the Davis Schneider or the Spencer Horowitz interviews, they're awesome. Great kids. So, you can do that there as well. We also just sat down with Jay Jackson of this Blue Jays bullpen last week, and that interview is also up there. All right, my guy, let's get into this thing here. Welcome to the walk-off, everybody. I'm Scott Belford, joined, as always, by the best co-host in the biz, Adam Mack. All sorts of things to get to. We will delve into that Jays and Guardians series that we all just sat through Uh there was a tweet yesterday that really stood out to me and made me made me chuckle. There was a guy who was like, Man, even if I was getting or what was it? This was such hard baseball to watch that I wish that I had been paid to do it. And then Keegan Matheson, friend of the show, retweeted <laughs> that and he was like, he was like, I'm just paid to watch this series, still not that great. <laughs>
0: Uh, as soon as you said Keegan, I knew where that was going. That's great. Yeah. Love Keegs.
1: So that about sums up the series. We will dive into it here. Three studs and a dud. I'm sure it was uh, some numbers that you crunched and went through, Adam, that you were like, huh, that's going to be a stud number, I guess. <laughs> it was
0: a fruitful week. It was a fruitful week.
1: There was, there was some uh, folks worth acknowledging, and then... There might be some Jose numbers
0: B- inflated on the back of uh, a Boston Red Sox trouncing, so...
1: Yes. Uh, we will also talk Jose Batista. He is going to the level of excellence on Saturday, and this is kind of cool, buddy. The Blue Jays just announced, literally a couple hours ago, they are signing him to a one-day contract. Yeah. So that he can. Retire a Toronto Blue Jays. So we'll talk Jose uh, pitching. Hey, question. Hold on. Qu- point, yes.
0: point of clarification here. When they sign him to a one-day contract, I'm already answering my question in my mind. I was going to say, he, he's not on the active roster, though. So there's they don't have to send someone down for a day, do they?
1: No, they don't. No. No, they don't. And... There's no way we see Jose Batista dh or anything crazy <laughs> just, like that. Just one more time. Just one more time. <laughs> Come just on. one more time. Get him up there <laughs> swinging one more time. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. Sorry, that was a dumb question. I, I, as soon as I started asking, I was like, no, this is a contract. It's not active roster <laughs> contract, you idiot. Sorry. All right, let's continue.
1: You ever seen <laughs> the t-shirts, buddy, that say Toronto over everything? Yeah. Okay, well. Pitching over everything has really been the motto of this most current Blue Jays roster, dude. It's just been like, I thought
0: it was details over everything.
1: Yeah, details. (laughs) Attention to details over everything. Over everything. Attention to details
0: over execution. We need a little bit more emphasis on execution. All right.
1: I mean, the, the reason this team is what they are, and, and I am going to get into this, but I mean, pitching has continued to be the reason that this team is a good team. And that's that's the thing that you can watch this last road series and, and have moments where you're like, this isn't a good team. And then you look at the record and you're like, how, how is this possible? How did they just go five and two on this freaking God awful road trip? But they are, and they are a good team because of the pitching. Of course, we will uh, touch on that. George Springer, John Schneider, both ejected yesterday. Some frustration starting to boil. We'll touch on that quickly and a little bit of the ump show we got to see. And then we will take a look at the week ahead as the Cubs are in town for the big Jose Batista celebrations. There's some days off in the week, and those uh, pesky Philadelphia Phillies are going to be in town as well. So, We will get into it here. So, I think the best way to start this conversation is I wish to reiterate my feelings on the 2023 Toronto Blue Jays, which are, they have proven what they are. This team is what they are. They're an incredibly frustrating team to watch with a little bit of an anemic offense who every time you think they're going to be counted out of it, somehow find a way to go five and two despite looking absolutely atrocious while doing it. They are a team that as soon as they give you hope, they do something like win four out of eight and everyone's saying they could have won seven. This has literally been this entire season, Mm -hmm. right? And I know that there were some frustrated people from mailbag on tuesday who were giving a shit i guess we were just coming across too positively right and we were told to get that's
0: what we're bringing to the table toxic positivity get your,
1: get your heads out of your asses yeah the one comment Thanks. said and he was just going off about runners and scoring position and it's like i don't i'm i'm sorry i'm not gonna freak out and declare this isn't a playoff team every single time they do this we're 112 <laughs> games into the season like, good on everyone who has the energy to continue to lose their mind every time this team disappoints them. I I can't. And on the other side, too, listen, this team is not bad enough to lose. They're not good enough to win. <laughs> like, it's yeah. really like this weird middle ground. I know uh consistent listener of the show, Greg, on Twitter, messaged me today and he was like man you got to talk me off the ledge like i'm really starting to get worried about this offense and this is pretty much what i said to him like man like i i don't know if i can talk you off the ledge all i can say is you look at the last like we're almost at three quarters of the season adam
0: Mm -hmm. like we're almost at we're almost at a sample size now where you're
1: yeah 50 games left 50 games left like this team is what they are they're disappointing offensively and yet their pitching is so damn good that it's almost impossible for them to eliminate themselves. Like, and I'm knock on all the wood. I'm not trying to like taunt the baseball gods here. And I know you look at Seattle and Seattle's a scary team. They're nipping at our heels. They're a game and a half back of that final wild card spot. You think Mariners fans are sitting around going, oh, we score so many runs. I feel so good about the Mariners. Like the Mariners are literally the Blue Jays. They're literally the same team. Great pitching, good defense, can't score enough runs.
0: I mean, very few teams Games... are uh, are perfect from front end to back end and, and just thrilled with their starting rotation, their bullpen, and their offensive numbers. Uh...
1: Games allowing one or fewer runs. This year, the Toronto Blue Jays lead baseball with 36. Tampa Bay Rays are second with 29, and the Seattle Mariners are third with 26. This Blue Jays team, like, they scored six runs in their last four games and won two games. Those two middle games, they scored one. Adam, they scored one freaking run and won a game. What? like we are going to get into pitching but man I, I like the positive spin in this the positive spin is that the toronto blue jays went 5 and 2 on their road trip which is literally the it didn't feel good
0: would it have would it have felt better if you flipped the boston and the cleveland series so we went one and two against Cleveland, and then ended with a sweep against Boston. The tone would be much
1: different today. Oh, of course, of course.
0: Look, we went five and two. We didn't have one of our best relievers, and we don't have probably our best hitter on the team.
1: It's impressive. How much deeper Mo into Bichette. that gift
0: horse mouth do I have to look? That's a that's a pretty I, good, I... pretty good stint. I don't know. I refuse to Honestly. not be toxically positive right now.
1: I'm I'm with you. Like it's just like one of those things where Bobuchet wasn't playing, Jordan Romano not in the bullpen. Two of the biggest contributors to this team all year. I mean, Vladdy's been just man. Watching Vladdy take swings in this Cleveland series was just so disheartening, dude. Like swinging through ninety-two mile an hour meatballs, file, fouling off change ups that are literally middle center. <laughs> Um,
0: Uh, uh, Okay, uh, let's just talk Vladdy for a second. A long toss, Jen brought up. I don't know. She just mentioned obscurely that she was listening to some radio show. She couldn't remember who was on. But the B word was brought up in relation to Vladdy. The B-U-S-T word. How concerned are you about Vladdy?
1: I'm concerned, like, man. Like, like
0: career-wise, like, like long, like long-term, his career. How are you feeling?
1: I don't know. I still feel like a 29 years old Vladdy could very well be a 50 home run hitter. Like I, you know, like he's done it before. I do think he has it in him. He obviously has it in him. But there are some disconcerting numbers over the last couple of years. I mean, even his sprint speed, which he had done so much work to improve in 2020, his sprint speed, when he had lost all that weight was up to 51%. So he was, when he was a bigger boy, he had, I think it was 8%, maybe 12%. I need to go back and double check what his sprint speed was in 2019, but nonetheless, it was, it was the lower quarter of the league. And, uh, Got it above 50% in 2020. In 2021, it was 45 percentile, uh, 34 percentile last year, 23 percentile this year. Uh, Defensive runs saved in 2021 was two negative three last year, and he's at negative six now. So kind of like these areas of his game that shouldn't be affected by his lack of offense seem to also be being affected by his lack of offense you know, like he really has taken a a step back in all aspects of his game, and that is concerning to me. Well, this team good, this team built the offense around him, Adam.
0: what's the conventional wisdom on a young player? First five hundred at bats, they catch the league by storm. Second hundred, second five hundred at bats, the league adjusts and then the third 500 at-bats is supposed to be their adjustment to those adjustments. and That's supposed to be the true after 1,500 at-bats. You should have a pretty good idea of who this guy really is. If that's the case, that doesn't bode well for Vladdy. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't. The league has adjusted to him, and he has not adjusted back. Or if he has, and this is just... We're now almost 2,500 at-bats into his career. The last 1,000 have been by far the worst.
1: There are so many smart, intelligent, analytically driven folks in baseball who can't figure Vladdy out. Folks that are much, much smart, smarter than we are. You know, like you look at his Savant page, and that's what everyone can't get over. I mean... His exit Velo is incredible. His launch angle has improved. He is literally smoking the ball. And you would think that in time the the, the pendulum would swing the other way. And this is what everyone says whenever you see red all over a Simon page, right? Is you know, sure he may get unlucky sometimes, but things will even out. And they just haven't this year. And you gotta start to wonder if maybe things aren't going to even out. Maybe Vladdy just hits the hardest exit velo in baseball right to guys.
0: I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm, even I don't as either. I'm looking like, at his I numbers here, more. like they're not like, bad. They're not. But they're sure not great.
1: And that is the problem, dude, is that again, this front office built this offense around vladimir guerrero jr he was going to be the cog that made this thing turn and it's pretty difficult when the guy that you built an offense around just isn't doing what he's supposed to do
0: i mean he has an ops plus of 118 this year so he's like well above average he's at Mm -hmm. 787 for an ops this is by far the worst season of his career it feels like and he's still, like, well above average. Mm-hmm. Hard hard to attach the bust label to a 24-year-old I mean, with, a, with numbers like he's putting up. It's just frustrating that we're not seeing the power as a result.
1: I don't know. That is honestly the biggest hit in this Vladdy Rubik's Cube of a year. Is that the power has gone south? Eighteen home and,
0: runs. Matt Olson I mean, Shohei Ohtani both have forty to lead the uh, baseball. He's
1: he's he's not going to hit thirty home runs. I
0: I don't know if he's going to hit twenty five. He uh, if I had to bet, probably somewhere between twenty five and thirty. But he's one more like think- extended slump stretch away from. Twenty-five think about,
1: doubt. think about what a hit last year felt like. He came off 48 home runs in 2021. Then he hit 32 and everyone felt like he had just fell on his face. And the fact that he, I mean, it would be pretty shitty if this is how it goes, but it's not at all impossible. He hits like 22. It's not at all impossible. It's 10 right. home runs less than last year. I mean, I don't think that's going to be the case, but.
0: Well, we're now almost five seasons into the Vlad and Bo era. And as a friend of the show, Joel, hey, loves to point out, uh, Vlad has statistically had a better season than Bo one time. Mm-hmm. Offensively. So, In
1: 2021, yeah. when he was a world beater, yeah. when he was literally second in MVP votes and hit almost 50 dingers.
0: Every other time, you'd rather have Bo as your... Anyways, we really sewered our toxic positivity. Thanks, Vlad. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Peeing in my cornflakes this morning. with your almost... It's just so frustrating when you, can't,
1: complain about. when you can't pinpoint what's wrong. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, there's so many of us baseball fans who, like, at least when you see something go wrong, normally you can be like, oh, that's why. And with Vlad, it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> just doesn't I make sense. I don't
0: know. Um, but well, anyways, they... While we're on the topic are... of uh, of hitting abilities, uh, I want to just bring up this OPS since May.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: I know I texted you and Joel this the other day. So on Mailbag, we talked about uh, Espinal. Biggio, who gets sent down, when there's a roster crunch, do we keep David Schneider up? Mm -hmm. Um, And then in the comment section, uh, Eric Shepard said, Biggio hasn't just been good lately. He's been good since May. He just had a bad start. Which made me look at everybody's OPS since May 1st. Remember, Matt Chapman had a huge May. So that is kind of inflated uh his batting average and, and all of his numbers. huge april but yes or sorry huge april yes thank you um so let's look at everybody's numbers since may 1st and i was blown away to see who the the leaders were uh in ops so that's on base plus slugging that is uh one of the best simple metrics for evaluating offensive acumen,
1: right? Yes,
0: sir. Um, number one on the team, Brandon belt. I knew he was good. I didn't realize he was the best on our team offensively since May 1st. Mm -hmm. What's Um, his
1: OPS at over 900, right? 905, 905. Um, which now, which can we I, just hold on. touch on I, Brandon Belt? I just want to s- I just want
0: to clarify. I texted you this two days ago. So yeah. anybody that wants to look at the the numbers, if they might be off, if he went zero for eight in the last two games and his OPS is no longer nine hundred five, I apologize. But sorry, continue, Scott.
1: I just wished to give a tip of the hat to Brandon Belt. This team would be in real big problems, real big trouble without him. He has been. A veteran calming presence on the bench. He has seen more pitches than anyone on this team. And that was one thing that was really lacking in May when they were struggling so heavily was that no one was seeing pitches. And Brandon belt has done that in spades. It's funny. Cause I, I tweeted this out. You sent all the numbers and I tweeted it out, Adam wound up in an argument. I wound up in an argument with someone where we had just, Crossed our, uh, got our hairs crossed. What's the freaking saying when you're confused? A wires crossed. There you go. Uh, Gee, good Lord, Scott. Yeah, we got our wires crossed and we, he was arguing about Kevin Biggio, and I was arguing about Brandon Belt. And like the only thing that threw us, we were both like, because he is supposed to like see pitches. So we were both like, at the end, like I messaged him afterwards. I was like, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> like, <laughs> But anyways, yes, Kevin Biggio, Brandon Belt have been better this year, and Adams got the numbers to back it up than people are giving him credit for.
0: Okay, I'll I'll run down the uh, the numbers quickly here. So this is all 12 of our players who have 50 or more games, basically. So I'm not counting the Davis Schneiders. I'm not counting the Ernie Clements or the J- Jordan Luplos or anybody like that. But everybody who is more or less a regular on this team, we're looking at them. So Brandon Belt, number one in OPS with 905. Boba Shett, no surprise, way up there, 841. Danny Jansen, third on the team in OPS, 815. Uh, this cabin, is why we are
1: constantly saying, hit Danny Jansen in the 4-5 hole. Like, yeah. no one else is hitting for power anyways.
0: Uh He ain't hitting for average, I'll tell you that. But he's hitting for no, he's power. More. Uh, number four, Kevin Biggio <laughs> Just since May 1st. That's a, that's a sample size. I mean, mm-hmm. he's probably only played 45 games since May 1st. But look, the difference between Espinal, who's played 40-ish games since May 1st, and the difference between Kevin Biggio with his spot starts. Substantial. Performing when he's in the lineup, uh, 790 OPS out of Cavan Biggio. Uh, good for it's the really difficult
1: too. It's really difficult to perform at your highest level when you're not getting reps and not getting into the lineup every single day. Yeah. Kevin Biggio has done an incredible job at turning himself into an, a, a very valuable bench utility piece to this team. He's yeah. kind of saved his job.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, I'd have a harder time sending him down than Santiago Espinal. Uh, at least for the rest of the season. Anyways, let's get We're not
1: saying Kevin Vigio is an everyday player, by the way, everyone. No. But we are saying that he has been really good with the, the reps he's been given. For a
0: bench piece, he's done absolutely yeah. all you could ask for. For a 25, 26th man on the roster. 100%. He is, he's pulling his weight. Um, a
1: lot more so five, than most of these guys. <laughs> number five, Kevin
0: Kiermeyer. Number six, Dimwit Merrifield. Uh, Number seven, George Springer. Number eight on the team, Vlad Jr.
1: Like eight.
0: That's wild. Uh, Matt Chapman, number nine. So you take out his his April uh, and his numbers do not look good. Uh, OPS of 694 since May 1st. Uh,
1: This is why this team only scores one run over two games.
0: Uh, Dalton Varsho, 10th, with an OPS of 668. Alejandro Kirk, 11th, with an OPS of 665. And Santiago Espinal, in his limited reps, uh, 639 is his OPS since May 1st. Uh, I just, when I looked up those numbers, they were kind of jarring, some of these. Like, I knew Vladdy was having a bad season. Eighth on this team, not good. Uh, Danny Jansen and Kevin Biggio being three and four. That's it's a problem, it's a a problem, yeah. It's a problem, it's a problem that Brandon Belt is uh got the best OPS on this team, which is funny because you're still seeing comments like DFA Brandon Belt, like,
1: yeah, and it's just I don't get it. I and I, I, even, even people even have a tough time even giving him any credit, you know, like when I when I tweeted out that list that you had just read, like there were a few people that were like, yeah, but your team sucks. If Brandon <laughs> belt's hitting second and it's like, well, who do you want hitting second? Our best player, Bo Bichette is out. You take yeah. the number one offensive cog out of any teams four, and yeah, they're going to stifle a little bit and have some trouble finding a replacement. Crazy how that is. But, I mean, you might as well take the guy who's got the best OPS over the last four months and stick him there and hope it works. Like, I I agree. Brandon Belt isn't my ideal number two hitter. My ideal number two hitter is currently injured. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, we're staying afloat. We're treading water. Uh, Anyways, that's uh, your if you're as shocked by some of those uh, numbers, yeah. in the OPS leaders. Um, yeah. Let me know. Uh, I want to hear it in the comments who, who on that and, list and great, is the, the most shocking. There?
1: Great job by what was his name again? Who inspired you to do this? The, a- the Eric Shepard. Yes. Tip of the hat to Eric Shepard who, who got Adam on his, his analytic horse here. <laughs> uh,
0: grounds crew putting in the work. I always appreciate
1: it. Love to see it. Three studs and a dud. Uh, what do you got for us this week, pal?
0: All right. Uh believe it or not, after the last uh, 12 minutes of our conversation, uh honorable mention Vladimir, Vladimir Guerrero, Guerrero Jr. Jr. No. Yeah. No, he hit 308 <laughs> this week.
1: Yeah, he did. He's he's been a little he bit did, more uh, He
0: did get a home run, only one, uh two strikeouts, OPS 871. Uh Again, I think those numbers are inflated from the Boston series, but uh, that, that's that been the whole team. Uh, everybody's numbers kind of look pretty good uh, thanks to that Boston series, I think. So honorable well mention to Vlad Jr., for real. Uh, number three on the list, George Springer. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended well, maybe the worst dry spell of his career.
1: Yeah, his over 35, since his over 35 stretch, though, he's been wildly good.
0: In his last uh, seven games, so in the last week, 28 at-bats, 14 hits, including four doubles and a home run. Four RBIs, uh, good for a batting average of 500.
1: And I think you're correct in saying that that was, without a doubt, his worst stretch in career history for him. That's a tough one to deal with, you know, especially as a guy with such a track record and a career, you know, like 33 years old. And all of a sudden you're in the biggest slump of your, your life. And you're just like, what am I doing? How is this working? so good to see him get out of his head and put up some numbers again. This team needed it.
0: Where's he hitting in the batting order these days? I know he's not leading off anymore. Or is he again?
1: He's he, no, no. He's been pretty regularly in the five hole.
0: The five hole. Okay, so yeah. we've moved him down, and it and it's it's paying off, right? I think that's mm-hmm. probably stays there for the, the time being.
1: I mean, that's where I'd like to see him. I think he's a middle of the order bat. I think he should yeah. be concentrating on hitting for more power and yeah. becoming the player we need him to be, which is someone who can drive in runs. But anyways,
0: all right, uh, stud number two. Gary Gossman.
1: Hey, old Gary Goss. Uh,
0: seven innings pitched, zero earned runs, uh, zero walks as well. Didn't walk a single batter, six strikeouts. Did what we needed oh, him to Kevin do. Gossman,
1: Kevin Gossman continues to be a ace at the top of the staff. He's going to get Cy Young votes. He's going to be a contender for it. He's currently sitting. What's his ERA right now? 3.04, 304. or something. 304. Three oh yeah. four. Yeah, a whip yeah. Of so one point one four. Just about hitting those twos, and I think we'll see it in the next start or two as he continues to.
0: Yeah, he's in midseason. Be the form. I think he's dialed in. As long as he stays mm-hmm. healthy, I think we can expect. Uh,
1: Big things. Expect that I mean, some he's, more good
0: performances here.
1: He's leading the American League in strikeouts. I mean, he has been... I'm out of words to describe what he's been to this team. Because without Kevin Gaussman... Whew, I mean, there's there's a few names that you can actually pin 2023 on. And they're mostly pitchers. They're mostly in this starting rotation. But uh, yeah, Kevin Gosman at the top of that list.
0: Um, Looking at pitchers in the American League Gossman is hold on qualified players Gossman is currently third in the American League in ERA so Ivaldi mm-hmm. has a 269 Garrett Cole has a 275 Gossman 304 um, the whip kind of lines up the same way Ivaldi 101, Garrett Cole, 104, uh, Gossman, 114. Shohei Otani is in fourth Mm -hmm. with a 317 ERA and a whip of 106. He's almost for sure going to win the MVP this year,
1: right? He has to.
0: Do you think he also wins a Cy Young, maybe?
1: It's it's not even impossible. He'll, he's going to get votes. I mean, he has been incredible. He's the whole reason this Angels team even was flirting with the playoffs for as long as they did.
0: It's not unrealistic. I mean, you go, well, he's fourth in this category and fourth in that category, but like his whip is way up there. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking at those top four, opponent batting average, Eovaldi, 208, Garrett Cole, 212, Gossman, 236, Otani, 185. I'm just saying, like, maybe that's yeah. the justification to vote for it because, I don't know, MVP and a Cy Young for Otani, that just feels like good story for baseball,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know? So, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know how many more years of pitching we're going to see out of Shohei Otani, to be honest.
1: Probably a few, but I'm with you. I get, I get what he's, you're look, saying.
0: he's 29. He'll probably pitch next year, probably pitch the year after that. But then all of a sudden, you know, he's 33, he's 34. Maybe he's just hitting bombs um, and standing in right field or, or whatever the case may be. Yeah. I just mean, this might be the closest he ever gets to being literally the best pitcher at the same time. And
1: best hitter.
0: Yeah. Right. Like if he leads baseball in home runs and wins a Cy Young.
1: <laughs> Which isn't even season, impossible,
0: man. It is not impossible. This is what I'm saying is it's just, it just feels like, look, if he leads baseball in home runs and is like top four in most categories that matter for pitching. And then like, I can just see him getting votes. I don't think it's crazy to think he's a he's a Cy Young candidate. I'm not a betting man, but I might put oh, some money I, on I, Shohei Otani to win the Cy Young. I, I don't know. I
1: agree. I agree. I don't
0: know what the odds I mean, are on his, that.
1: But. This is... 2023, without a doubt, has been his best pitching performance to date.
0: Right? And, and like, even if next year he's back down to earth in his only... A top 10 pitcher in the American League. Yeah. Still yeah. really awesome. I can't do that. No other hitters can do that. But he's just, he's so most, close to winning a Cy can't Young. can't do that. <laughs> yeah, he, most pitchers can't do that. You're right. I don't know. I just think this might be the closest he ever gets to, to, to the Cy Young. So this would be a great season to uh throw votes his way. I don't know. Kind of crazy. All um, right. Did we finish three studs and a dud? No, we got Gary Gossman. Yeah. Stud number one, friend of the show, David Schneider.
1: Love it. There he is. Uh, The mustache man.
0: Mustache man.
1: Babe Schneider, as uh, Brendan Belt, so kindly referred to him.
0: (laughs) Um, Dud of the week, Paul DeYoung.
1: Yeah, he's had a rough go to start his career as a Blue Jay. That's for sure.
0: 0-8-0 for a batting average. Mm, ugly. Nine strikeouts, zero walks in the past seven days. Uh, but he's holding it down at shortstop, playing clean truly, baseball. So
1: truly, he has defensively been everything this team needed him to be. And I mean, if you look at what Santiago Espinal has done defensively this season, it's nice to have a guy that is as dependable as Paul DeYoung is.
0: How much better is he defensively than Bull Bichette?
1: Probably a little
0: bit. In a World Series situation, we're talking Game 7. You know where this question's going. Yeah. Game 7, ninth inning or something. Bobachette just finished his at-bat in the, the top of the ninth. You don't pull him out for Paul DeYoung, do you? No.
1: No. In but no you're going to watch nervously
0: every ground ball hit to Boba oh, Bichette, aren't you?
1: absolutely. Ya? Absolutely. Every, so you don't
0: know. Every single one that's hit to Boba in the ninth inning, game seven, you're going, oh, I wish we had Paul DeYoung in there. Oh, why didn't we pull Boba And then he's going to throw it, and you're going to be like, all right, average defensive fielder. That's all right. We got it out.
1: Until the Blue Jays give up a run, and then it's tied at 1-1, and then Paul DeYoung comes to the plate, and you're like, what have we done?
0: <laughs> why did we pinch hit? Why did we pinch it? Why did we sub him out? All yeah, right, we're 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 getting crazy here. We're getting crazy. That's your three studs and a dud. There you go.
1: Let's move on. The level of excellence. We haven't seen an addition to the level of excellence in some time. Now we've seen players removed from it, but we Ooh, have not. Yeah. We have not seen them added. And if there's ever been a more deserving player than Jose Batista. I can't think of him. This is a dude who, when times were tough in Toronto as a Blue Jay fan, gave fans something to cheer about. Listen, we all are aware of what he did in 2015 and 2016. Thanks for listening we're all to the Off of Podcast with of Scott players, Belford and the Mac That they brought a new back episode every to Toronto baseball wise with Edwin and Josh Donaldson, Marco Estrada, David Price, and the list goes on, on Thanks for listening. players that reinvigorated the love of ball. But I'm thinking back to 2010, Adam, when the Toronto Blue Jays were not a fun team to watch. Jose Batista had just been acquired a couple years ago for literally a bag of balls from the Pittsburgh Pirates at 26 years old he slowly worked his way into the everyday lineup by 2010 and the year before 2009 2008 my apologies I want to get the years right here he had a big spring uh break, big September you might remember that he had 10 home runs in September and everyone was like holy shit who is this jose batista he's only got like 18 home runs on the year. He had like eight coming into September and he just got hot and was just hitting bombs. 2019, or 2009 comes around and he starts to kind of get his way into every day. I think he hit over 20 home runs that year. And then, buddy, 2010, he hit 54 dingers for the Toronto Blue Jays. No Toronto Blue Jay has ever hit 50 home runs besides Jose Bautista. To put it in perspective, Aaron Judge, who broke the American League record with 62 last year, that's not that far off, right? Like 54, he's in the realm. Jose Batista deserves to be on the level of excellence. And I'm so pumped that they did it the right way, right? They signed him to a one-day contract. Again, Adam and I kind of touched on this off the top here where... He's not going to be in a uniform. He's not going to be on the bench or anything like Don't that. Don't ask
0: but... your stupid questions, you stupid idiots. It's but not it's an active be... roster. He's not DHing really for us cool. this week.
1: <laughs> like it's a, it's a nice story. I really do. I, you know, no one deserves it more than Jose Bautista for what he did for the city of Toronto and baseball fans around the country. And to see him being retired in the jersey that all of us know he should be in. Which is a Toronto Blue Jay jersey. It's just, it's going to be a really fun weekend. I think he's going to get so much love. That 54 dingers he hit was incredible. I mean, he finished his career with 344. And I mean, Jose Batista was the poster boy for late bloomers. Mm-hmm. He gave every kid, he gave every kid hope who was still, you know, 20 years old and maybe not ready to. Hang up the cleats that you know, like Jose Batista didn't really find it till he was 27. You know, maybe I can be the same.
0: <laughs> um, sustained greatness in a Blue Jays uniform. Uh, nine and a half seasons he spent with the Blue Jays.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I guess I didn't realize it until I started looking back at, you know, you remember the 54 home run campaign. You remember the bat flip. You remember yeah. getting cold cocked by Neto O'Tor. Yeah. You know? um, I guess I didn't realize how good he was forever for this team. Like 10 years is an eternity in professional sports. Um, so tip of the hat to him Um. Is he the best hitter in Blue Jays history? Where does he rank? Who's, who's better than him? Who's, who's worse? I just want to put this out there for perspective. Uh Vlad Jr. through five seasons, four and a half seasons. Uh OPS Plus in these five seasons, one thirty two. An OPS of eight forty eight. Jose Batista. Over ten seasons, well, nine and a half seasons. OPS plus one thirty-three. OPS 869.
1: Very impressive. I would love to hear from the grounds crew and where people rank Jose Batista. I, I personally think Carlos Delgado. I was, was gonna a say hitter. Carlos
0: Delgado is it's, who comes to mind for me too, but I gotta pull yeah, up the stats
1: here. I would I I mean Jose without a doubt is a top five. Blue Jays hitter of all time. I think it's pretty safe to put him in the top five. You could argue certain ways, depending on the numbers you're looking at, but I think Carlos is number one.
0: Carlos Delgado played two games in 1993, the World Series year. Um, But we'll count it. We'll say 12 seasons with the Blue Jays, from 1993 to 2004 career OPS 949 wow OPS plus 142
1: well the numbers don't lie there it is your best Toronto Blue Jays hitter of all time Carlos Delgado should be in the Hall of Fame
0: should be in the Hall of Fame absolutely um okay yeah let us know where does Jose Batista rank for you um all-time greats, Toronto Blue Jays. There you go.
1: Jose Batista doesn't get credit for some of the things he did for the game of baseball, too. I mean, I know that the bat flip really was a shining moment in Toronto sports history, Canadian sports history. Mm-hmm. But that bat flip did more than reinvigorate Canada's love of baseball, right? Like, that bat flip changed the game. It brought to the forefront, let the kids play. It, it Yeah. It gave, it gave, and that was the thing too. Jose Batista, when he bat flipped, was 34 years old, right? This wasn't some arrogant kid doing it. This was a man who had grinded out yeah. lows and high points of his career to get to a point where he was in a division series in an at bat that mattered.
0: And then had the all-time
1: outcome yep and then had the all-time outcome
0: it's what you play wiffle ball in your backyard with your buds imagining is that Mm -hmm. at bat and we've all we've all done it and he got to live it out in the truest form yeah and you
1: see how like think about how fun baseball is like think about watching juan soto do his little shimmy right think about (laughs) tim anderson bat flipping singles all the time you know like (laughs) <laughs> but these are things that wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Jose Batista and I think he just made baseball more fun by showing everyone some a little bit of emotion in a big moment in one of the biggest games that he's ever played in
0: you're right guys like him and uh what can I think of the other guy played for the Dodgers what was his name why can I think of it Oh, Puig! Puig, yes, Puig. Yasiel. Yeah, guys like him that were, yeah, you know, showed emotion before emotion was okay, and were a little bit raked over the coals for it. Like, oh, big time, Blue big Jays time. fans, we loved the bat, the bat flip. It was not a uh, universally not well awesome <laughs> moment across <laughs> uh, across sports. There's a lot of truly. What the f is this guy doing? I would throw at his head next time he's at you know, like whatever. Like that was the. And then
1: they did. He had so, to fight like anyways. Yeah.
0: You no, know, you're right. And then now that's not I don't think anybody would look twice at uh Hadley Rushman bat flipping in a big moment in the playoffs or something. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, "Yeah, this is awesome. Good for him." So, you're right. You're right. On a what did he do for baseball stage? Was probably one of the usher's into this new era of let the kids have fun and that's
1: good. I agree. Fun sellies now. You see them all the time. Fun sellies, yeah. Let's get into pitching here because that has been what this Toronto Blue Jays team has done very, very well. Uh, Pitching, 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 pitching above everything. So let's talk about the bullpen here. Jordan Romano, just a quick little update here. Uh, He's been dealing with some lower back issues. He threw 33 pitches yesterday in Toronto and and felt really good is what he's saying. Uh, He's going to be eligible to be activated tomorrow. The Blue Jays haven't decided whether uh, he's going to need a quick rehab start in Buffalo. There is a big time roster crunch going on right now. So my guess is Jordan Romano does get that one rehab start by a little bit of time. And it's, I mean, he, it's been two weeks, right? So it it might not be a bad idea there anyways. Uh, Haggy D. We just talked about it off the top of the show here, but Hagen Danner has been called up. So he is going to be in the bullpen. Very, very, very excited to have this dude on the roster. He probably not going to stick around. He's going to get his cup of coffee and, and probably be back with the Bisons by end of, uh, end of August, even if he blows guys away, I think that's going to be the case. They're just too tight on this 26 man roster, 40 man roster. so, uh Tim Mesa, dude. I mean, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Tim Mesa has been a revelation in the back end of this bullpen. He's the lone lefty. His numbers are insane. You you put his numbers next to Felix Batista of the Orioles, they're very, very comparable. Batista's pitched more. I think Tim only has 41 innings, 42 innings, something like that, to Batista's 56 or something like that. But, like, literally, he's right there as a lefty uh, dominant. Yeah. Yeah. Going into starters, just a few stats to, to comb over here. The Blue Jays currently have four starters with a sub four ERA. Toronto hasn't had four do this four starters be below four uh, era since 1989 over 30 years ago most starts allowing zero earned runs in six plus innings this season the blue jays number one with 21 the padres 19 the Guardians 16 the mariners 16 so just keep that in mind as and I, I don't get me wrong. I, I am panicking looking at Seattle as well, but all of these stats show that the blue Jays are slightly better at preventing runs than the Mariners. And being that those are the two big strength, that's the one big strength of both these teams. You know, you just cross your fingers and hope that the blue Jays can just continue to do what they've done all year, which is surprise us when we least expect us and disappoint us when we think that we're going to be okay and just manage to get into the wild card. I really do think they're going to do it. So you got to just hope that this pitching holds up. You say Kikuchi has been a freaking bright light in an otherwise dark sky <laughs> like uh, yep. career years out of bullpen pieces that we didn't expect.
0: Oh, we should touch on the update for Chad Green. Yes. Concussion protocol.
1: Back on that seven-day IL, the special IL for the concussion protocol.
0: So he's hit in the head by a ball. The stolen base attempt, throw down to two from Heinemann. Caught him right in the back of the head, left the game. No further update, but it'll be monitored closely, right?
1: Yeah, and you just need to hope that it's not a big deal. I mean, head... Head injuries are always a big question mark. You never really know a timeline. They they put the week-long concussion protocol into place so that long-term damage stopped happening. So good on Major League Baseball about freaking time. A real bummer for Chad Green, who has worked so hard to come back after missing the entire season. And you know, everyone's kind of looking at September and thinking, boy, Chad Green in the back end of this bullpen would sure look, sure look nice. Mm-hmm. Keep an eye on that. We don't need to go too into the weeds in pitching, but I did think it was important to kind of reiterate why this team is winning, and it is definitely pitching. And Just any kind of love, we can continue to throw the pitchers' ways. Well-deserved. Let's talk George Springer here, because I'm really curious on your thoughts on this, because George Springer was ejected from the game late yesterday. John Schneider then running out to defend his player. George, of course, was arguing balls and strikes. John Schneider gets ejected as well. Did this rub you the wrong way? Because honestly, you know, like I'm so used to umps being ump shows. Mm-hmm. It it just, you know, as soon as a guy argues balls and strikes, I kind of expect that that's going to be the reaction, of especially at the end of the game. And especially because George has been frustrated. And yapping a little more than probably normal to the umps. How did you feel about that ejection?
0: Um, I don't know.
1: It was and and by the way, uh grounds crew members would love to hear your thoughts on this George Springer ejection. We can maybe get to just the broader ump show thing in mailbag next next Tuesday here, but uh
0: My daughter and I have a an. It's called throwing hands, not in like a fighting way, but it's like one step below giving the middle finger. You know, just like this. Yeah. What the? You know, so God cuts you off in traffic, you throw hands. The WTF hands. Yeah. Right. (laughs) And that's where George Springer, I think. Like I'm, I'm watching the replay of it now. Um, mm-hmm. he's jawing with him, you know, expressing his displeasure. Are you kidding me? That was low. You know, jawing at him, not getting ejected, and then as he turns his back to him, throws hands, and that's when the ump takes exception and tosses him. I I don't really have a problem with him getting ejected. Like I don't I don't know. I don't think it was an uncalled for ejection. I guess is, yeah. Well, if that's what you're asking me.
1: That's well, what I, like, I was asking you.
0: Okay. I th- I think, and I, I g- think Springer deserved to be ejected or not. Like I would have been fine. If he wasn't, I'm fine. I'm fine. That he is. I don't think it was uh, lightly handed out ejections. I've seen ejections handed out for doing less that I have disagreed mm-hmm. with. I don't know. They were having their jaw session. He continued, turned his back on the ump and then threw throws hands. Yeah. That's just, a bridge too far. And I can see where the umpire is like, you know what? You're done.
1: I and I it. do wish to say, I, I agree that he deserved to get thrown out. And the fact that it was August 11th, fine. Yeah. You know, it, it, I I would hope that in a playoff series, George would be a little bit more, uh, show Composed. a little more self-control and maybe not jaw like that and throw hands. I would also hope that the umpire, uh, would reel it in a little bit in a bigger game and not make it all about himself. Which I I know I know that's not necessarily the case with umpires. I fans get really uppity about it, and I know I'm I'm very guilty of this myself of watching an umpire do something like call George Springer on drawing balls and strikes and throwing him out, and I'm like ump show, look at this. Got to make it all about him, mm-hmm. but it does feel that way sometimes. And I think in big games, I would have a much bigger problem. If this was a bigger game, I would have had a much bigger problem with it. August eleventh. Yeah.
0: What are your thoughts on Schneider? Join I mean, he had mix. to go
1: out. Yeah, he had to go out, right? Like, yeah. had to. I mean, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's take a look at the week ahead. I know we've uh, talked Joey Bats and then the celebration that will be Jose Batista over the next three days. And the fact that he's getting his number retired and put up on the level of excellence, but the Cubs are in town and baseball is still an important, uh, there's some important baseball still to be played here while they celebrate Jose. So Jose Barrios taking the mound tonight against Javier Assad. And then we're going to see Chris Bassett and Hinjin Ryu. On Sunday. A lot of off
0: days this week.
1: A lot of off days.
0: Five games. Monday's
1: an off day. Thursday's an off day.
0: Yep. Uh, Cubs and Phillies. I, I have no idea what to expect for wins and losses,
1: Scott. Neither do I. I think it is important for this team to win three of five. I That's mean, obviously. That's kind of all I'm at, too. Yeah. It's like, let's just um them. Keep staying above 500 and keep growing it. You look at their record against National League teams, and it's pretty darn good. Feeling good going into this Cubs Philly series. Thank God, you know, at least it's not the AL East coming in. We'll see how it goes. Their pitching is going to continue to do what their pitching has done all year, which is perform well. And we just need to cross our fingers and hope that they can scratch out more than. Six runs over four days, which is what they did in Cleveland, so, which is still mind blowing to me, dude. That they they scored six runs in four games and won two games. What? Like just
0: so with the extra days off, Jose Barrios, Chris Bassett, were you pitch Friday, Saturday, Sunday, day off, Kikuchi, Gossman, day off, Manoa, Barrios, Bassett. What that means is seven full days of rest for guys like Barrios, Bassett, For you, Would you be okay skipping a Manoa start? Yeah. I kind of feel like that too. Like just give With him this some extra crunch, time off. May even, Maybe send may him down. We see
1: Manoa don't get sent down to take a start in Buffalo. We'll see. It's then, going to be I, interesting to see how they manage this roster.
0: If... We skip the Manoa start because, again, keep in mind we have a six-man rotation, so it's not absurd to say we're or we're only going to have a four-five-man rotation. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but in that case, if we skip the Manoa start, then Burrios pitches today, this Friday, and he still gets six days rest. pitches again next Friday. Mm-hmm. I think this is a great opportunity to skip a Manoa start. If it was somebody else, like if it was Gossman scheduled to pitch Friday, I would say, of course, you don't skip a yeah. uh, a Gossman start. Or if Manoa was on the other side of the day off, if Manoa was pitching Wednesday, I wouldn't want to pitch Gossman on short rest just to get, uh, yeah. to skip a Manoa Just start. to eliminate the, a
1: Mo- Manoa start, but yeah. But
0: the way it lines up with the two off days and then a Manoa start. I yeah. I'd be all right with that, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Smarter people than me are making those decisions, so it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. Um, you know what? I don't know. Maybe they're looking ahead at the schedule, though, and they go, well, if we move Barrios up to this Friday, then three weeks from now, you know, we have Manoa like in a matchup we don't like or something, right? Like, yeah, there are more factors beyond just these seven days, I suppose. So there you go.
1: Okay. five games in seven days this week we'll see how it goes uh, off to Cincinnati
0: and then back to Baltimore two yeah. weeks from now
1: mm-hmm. no be I, a fun I know next everyone couple everyone's months man. kind of everyone's kind of got their eye on those final 15 games of the year and uh they should going to make or break this team I think so they just need to give themselves the best opportunity. I know I was listening to to Blair and Barker the other day, and Barker was talking about just giving themselves an opportunity to go eight and seven in the final fifteen games. Uh-huh. You know, like mm-hmm. just to to not need to set themselves up to to. We don't win need to go fourteen ups. and one. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, so. All right. Well, let's call it there. Thank you so much to everyone who has clicked on the video or listened to audio. You can get this wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, uh, hit the subscribe and like button. It's appreciated to all of the Patreon members. We do give an extra tip of the hat. Thank you so much for that. Really do appreciate it. Just a reminder, we are going to be re re releasing our chat with newest blue Jay Hagen Danner. So you can check out that and get to know, Mr. Haggy D. He's so fun. Also, too. oh, he's electric
0: personality dude. for sure. Yeah, so. he's
1: just such a great guy. And and then long toss on Sunday, everybody. All right, that's Cheers. it. Cheers. That's it.
0: Have a good one. Go Jays. Go.
1: Thanks for listening to the Walk Off Podcast with Scott Belford and Adam Mack With a new episode every Friday. Oh, oh. with a drive, Jesus crackers.